It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Here we go. Welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. And I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, we have tours in New Orleans, L.A., and the best club professionals down in Florida ready to compete in the PGA National Championship. More on that with our guest. Alongside, there's current event commentary, weekly update, and this week's playlist. To lead us off, eh, well, you know, you can't stop the pro show. Take us out, Anthony. It's a fantastic Friday afternoon. You're with the Pro Show. Mr. Wayne Weezer. Is, yes, is it nice this afternoon to have a little bit more of April back? Since it is, because since it was winter yesterday again. Yesterday. It's unbelievable. I know you were talking about that uh, deck work you were doing at the house. I mean, what, what what were you thinking yesterday when it was like 38 degrees outside? I was confused. <laughs> I was. I had to look at the calendar. To think, maybe, who knows? Maybe I fell asleep when I took a little nap. Maybe I was fell asleep for like six months. Oh well, I tell you, I think we all were a little confused. But you know, I've looked at the uh, 10 day, and it looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks really good. Looks like summer. Uh, Fall today, winter was was yesterday, and summer by midweek next week. Yeah, n- next week we're looking at back to back seventies, which is sweet. And yes, you know it's like um, corduroys and disco, man. Seventies all week. I can't wait. I'm I'm psyched for that. And you know what else I can't wait for is our guest today, and his name is Nick Bova. Nick is the 2020 New Jersey PGA Teacher of the Year, but he's not only a great coach, he's also a very fine player. He is the Director of Instruction up at Hamilton Farm Golf Club up in Gladstone, New Jersey, but he is competing in the Professional National Championship, which is the PGA of America's Club Pro National Championship. Uh, There's 315 men and women down there in Port St. Lucie, Florida at PGA Golf Club, and uh, you know, overall, this guy, Nick, he is a rock star. And you know where he'd fit in perfect? Where's that? He'd fit in perfect in L.A. with the LPGA ladies. You know, he he'd be a good oh, okay. ho- he'd be a good Hollywood guy. You know, hanging <laughs> out the, on the limousine. Sunset Strip. Yeah, he he'd be good. You'll you'll get a sense of that when we talk to him. Nick's a good friend, and uh, we have to celebrate the fact that he's down there playing the national championship, representing the New Jersey PGA. It's he's fantastic. But you know who else is fantastic is Jessica Corda, sixty four, sixty five. She's thirteen under with a three shot lead over Jin Young Ko, who's at ten under. The LPGA is doing it again. It's a savvy move because they are, you know, left of the East Coast. They have that time gap that they can take advantage of. They started on Wednesday night with their tournament. They're going to end on Saturday night. Worked out great last week. Lydia Ko showdown with her sister Nellie Corda. Of course, Nellie's tied for 25th. She's three under. Shoot 66 in the first round and uh, 73, a little stumble yesterday. But the LPGA just doing it right. They're taking advantage of that prime time opportunity they have with East Coast and Golf Channel coverage. So if you want to watch them, the ladies, it's just really good entertainment. Nice golf course there in Wilshire Country Club. 6.30 to 9 p.m. You can catch them uh, tonight and Saturday night for the final round. And they, and they get their own kind of headline spot there, which I love. And speaking of headliners, down there in New Orleans, we have the PGA Tour and the Zurich Classic. And, and there's a number of reasons why I love the Zurich Classic. And I'll get into that more in a second. But 
It is not your conventional PGA Tour event. This is team golf this week. The guys have to partner up. Yes, you know, it would be like you and I teaming up. Sure. Um, Kind of. Actually, we do that every week. (laughs) No, it it would. uh, So anyway, uh, and so I digress. The uh, team golf aspect in the first round, which was yesterday, they play four ball, which is the better ball of partners. So not to be confused with like a scramble or something. Each guy plays his own ball and the best score of the hole is the one that's counted Uh, on Friday and Sunday is when you have the real fun. It's called foursomes or alternate shot, meaning that Wade, you tee off, and then I hit your tee ball and back oh, and forth. Oh, okay. That's cool. And that that usually leads to some interesting scoring as teams can get hot and kind of leapfrog the that's field. That's like when you're playing doubles pool at the bar with your girlfriend or something, and you got to carry the team. Yes. Because she's a girl. Or in my case, she's got to carry you because you're more of a girl than she is playing pool. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> You know, I believe strongly in the fact that I, I bet that there's a hundred women out there that are better than me at pool. You I, know? I, I believe ninety-eight uh, percent of the women are better than me at pool. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> hence, hence the joke. That, that was be, not serious. No, yeah, I know, I know, I, I get it, I get it. But the point being is this: is that when you start to talk about partners golf and what's going on down at the Zurich Classic, and congratulations to our leaders after round one, you've got Victor Hovland and Chris Ventura and Bryce Garnett and Scott Stallings. These guys go out yesterday and they shoot 62, 10 under. Fantastic. Yeah, you've got some really nice names there in tied for third at nine under 63. You got Cam Champ paired with Tony Finau, Billy Horschel with Sam Burns, Mark Leishman with Cam Smith. I love that team. That's like Mark Leishman was embracing the the whole mullet idea of Cam Smith. They posted on social media the other day that Leishman cut Cam Smith to make it look even worse. Right. Uh, your defending champions shot 65 in round one. That's Ryan Palmer and John Rahm there. They are seven under. And, and you know, this event is really kind of it's in a nice place on the PGA Tour run because things got serious at Augusta and now we have a little bit of a lull before the PGA Championship in just four weeks so they throw in a different format and I start to think about the pros and cons of this event down there at New Orleans um, in TPC Louisiana the Zurich Classic and you know some of the pros we're going to talk about right here you know it's a different format than what people are used to and what the players are used to. So you kind of reinvigorate the players. You've got walk-up music on the first tee. That's fun. You know, we love our music here, right? <laughs> players show a different side of themselves with the walk-up music or with maybe just choosing their partner, like Mark Leishman, you know, shaving Cam Smith's head, his partner who has this huge sure. mullet, right? Um, there's definitely more scoring. I mean, look at the leaderboard. You're only going to get the top 33 in ties getting into the weekend. Usually it's top 70 in ties. So right now... You know, if if you are, I mean, you, you had two teams shoot 62. That's good. Right. You know, there's like 100 birdies between the two of them in one round of golf. We like that for TV purposes. It's very entertaining. Um, alternate shot leads to struggles. You know, not only you selecting a, a pool table partner, right, but also in the fact that when you go out, if your partner hits a bad shot and then there's a recovery or they miss a, miss a short putt and, you know, there's a little, there can be a little bit of little drama, drama there, yeah, you know, and um, uh, one for one thing's for sure is that one of the things that they love to do on TV these days is they love to show that like player caddy interaction. They love to sneak the mic in there and they say, you know, you know, Wade, what club do you think I should hit here? And you're like you know, hit the one that works the best and we get back and forth and we, we kind of talk about the wind and, you know, the gravitational pull of the earth and all these different things. But now you're going to have that player player interaction, which I think is kind of cool. And, you know, it's definitely one of those things. And when, you know, I start to think about the cons of the Zurich classic, I I just don't come up with any, 
Yeah. Because I, I think that it's not something that we're going to do every week on the PGA Tour, but I love that we do it once. Um, I, I love that it kind of accentuates the fact that uh, why people love things like the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup or the Solheim Cup. I, I think it's just really, really cool that they have this event. New Orleans is a kind of a cool vibe sort of town. It's one of those places that I think would be very accepting of kind of a different sort of format. And they do a great job with it. Now, this begs the question. And, you know, it, Later on tonight, I got to pen an article for PGA.com, and I've been thinking about this as we consider this week's format and team play, and I'll get more depth into this when I have more time in the article, and you, you could read that tomorrow on PGA.com for sure up there on the website, but you got to talk about what it's like and maybe what like the, the five pillars are as a PGA coach that I am for when it comes to team play. Because a lot of times you go out and play, it's just you and your own golf ball, and you can yell at yourself as much sure, as you yeah. want. But now you have to embrace the team side of things, and you have a partner, which doesn't happen very often in golf. So, you know, I'm going to come up with these. I came up with these five rules that I'm going to write about later on tonight. But, uh, and I will expound further there, my friend. Ooh, but, expound. you know, nice. um, because we're live and, and, you know, the clock's always running for brevity purposes. Uh, Rule five, right? We'll count down here. Okay. All right. Rule five, don't help unless you're asked. Okay. okay. That's good for egos too. Well, yeah, but you know, a lot of times a guy will get into a team situation. You get paired with somebody and you're like, Hey, let me help read your putt or, Hey, let me help club you here. Or, Hey, let me help do this or whatever. And you know, a lot of times we build our games around being an individual game. Like let people do the thing. Now, if you're asked, Hey, I'm confused the way this putt breaks. Mm -hmm. Wade, come on over, take a look. By all means. Number four, don't be rigid with your game plan. So if we start out the day and I'm like, Wade, you're teeing off first every time and we lose the first three holes to the other team or we're playing poorly, don't time to change. Things it might a little be bit. time to swap things up a little bit. Right. Number three, embrace the team game. It doesn't always happen. You don't always get a partner in golf. Right. I get a partner. I, I love my partner every Friday afternoon in you. Right. Sure. But and if I had to do it on my own. Right. I would certainly embrace the weeks with which I had you. And it, and it brings about a certain level of, you know, it, it, it gives me an uplifting sense. Makes when it I have more a partner. special. Absolutely. And it can be more fun. And, you know, the director of fun loves fun. All right. Number two, don't change what you do. And what I mean by that is that if you normally putt a certain way or you or you club yourself a certain way or you walk at a certain speed or whatever right don't change because your partner does things differently or say your 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 partner is out of the hole and you're like oh i'm going to cautiously putt this one and then you end up three putting or something stick to you what you do best and you know allow that to kind of meld with what your partner does best and you might find out that you do pretty good that day and then the number one rule or pillar of team play commandment that you have to follow is you never say you're sorry. Oh, really? All right? You never say you're sorry. Because it's not that you're not trying. So you miss a putt or you hit a bad shot and you go, oh, I'm sorry, Wade. Well, you know, I mean, that just kind of gives a whole negative connotation to what's going on. Your partner knows you're trying your best. If you're not trying your best, say sorry all you want. But right. don't, I mean, you're going to say a hundred, golf's hard. You're going to say a hundred sorries in four hours. No, you know, it kind of, it kind of weakens the point. You're there to be positive. You're there to support your partner. So follow those five rules. If you're playing a little team golf this weekend or this afternoon, you get a little match going. I mean, we all do that a lot, whether you're at the club or over at the course with your friends. And uh, you can read more about that tomorrow on PGA.com. And you know what? Oh, geez. Look at the time. 
You know what that means. The golf season and our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. And it's here. And the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is back on course offering introductory golf programs for youth, military, veterans, and individuals with special needs. Led by PGA professionals, all programs provide an opportunity to experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. Help us continue to positively impact lives and communities through golf. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. You know, this is the time of year where they definitely come out of hibernation and the programs that they're they're running they go from having two or three programs a week to having 100 programs a week and chris hunt the executive director over there he is the world's best programmer and what they do for veterans and what they do for um you know special needs and in golf and schools and, and all these different programs that they do folks really do look them up uh it, it's a fantastic organization and we can't thank them enough for their support here at the pro show now we got to get to Nick Boba and look at that. The time is about 3.14 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with our rock star guest. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even around the golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. You know, whether our guest is winning tournaments or standing tall, coaching on the range, he's ready to impress. This gunslinger comes to us with knowledge and the game to back it up. Nick Bova is your 2020 New Jersey P- PGA Teacher of the Year and no doubt a perfect fit for the pro show. In the gunslinging town, steel spurs clinging on the red dirt ground, saloon door swinging wide open, it's about to go down. Groove there, Mr. Wade Weezer on the board. You're right, it's about to go down. We have the man, the myth, the legend, the reigning coach of the year here in the state of New Jersey. His name is Nick Bova. He's the director of instruction up at Hamlin Farm Golf Club, and he's coming to us live from Port St. Lucie, Florida. Nick Bova, welcome to the pro show. How are you today, bud? Uh, great, Keith. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, you having me on today. Well, you know what? We appreciate you taking the time. I know you're down there in Florida prepping for a big event. So let's get right into it here. You have the the PGA Professional National Championship starting on Sunday. How's your game? How are you feeling? Uh, game feels pretty good uh, coming out of, you know, a long winter in the Northeast. Um, but I, I've had a little bit of time uh, back home to, <clears throat> excuse me, to get my game kind of in shape and, uh, used yesterday's practice round. We played 18 holes uh, on the Wanamaker course, used it as kind of a, a day to knock off some rust and 
I was pleasantly surprised with, with, you know, kind of how my game fared for the day. So, uh, looking forward to going into it again today, um, and just kind of sharpening things up and we're getting a look at the second golf course today. So we played two golf courses while we're down here, uh, the Wanamaker and the Ryder. So we're going to play the Ryder today and, uh, uh, see what it's looking like. All right, so tell me more about these golf courses or for the listeners up here in our area that may have not been down to PGA Golf Club before. What is it about each of the golf courses that's unique or that you feel like is going to be a test for this national championship? So the uh, it, it's an interesting format. So there's 312 12 people that are playing. Um, they split the field the first two days between the Wanamaker and the Ryder course, and you play both courses, and then they make a cut. Uh, the, the Wanamaker course I've played quite a few times, actually, they host the PGA national assistance championship on the Wanamaker. So I have played in that event, uh, five times. So I've, I've got a good, some good experience on the Wanamaker. Uh, the Wanamaker itself is very much a, a second shot golf course. The, the fairways are rather wide, but the greens, you have to hit it into certain, uh, certain places. Um, if you want to have a chance to get it close, uh, the, the par threes this week, I think are, are going to be very important because they're, they're long, uh, they're big greens, but they're, they're sectioned into little quadrants. And, uh, if you don't put it say near the proper quadrant, you know, you could have a 50 or 60 footer up over 10 feet, 10 feet of breaks, you know, it can, it can be very difficult. So, uh, second shots on the Wanamaker most definitely, uh, are important. And then the par threes, I think are going to be important this week. Um, the, the rider course, to be honest, I've only played it once or twice. Uh, that's the one we're getting to look at today. So we're going to do a little more, a little more studying today, uh, and, and come up with the game plan. All right. So this is a unique tournament in that obviously anytime you tee it up, you're looking to win, but mm-hmm. you can win in this tournament if you make the cut and you're the top number of how many players, because you'll get a chance to then go to Kiowa and play in a major championship on the PGA tour in the PGA championship. So um, where does the cut line sit? And then, you know, how many guys get to go down to Kiowa? Should they earn a spot? So the, the, the cut line after the first two days is the top 90 players. Uh, and then after that, the top 20 players after the, at the completion of the tournament, get you into the PGA. Uh, so it's, it's 20 players exactly. So if there's a, there's a tie, there's some pretty good, uh, there's some pretty good drama that unfolds in a playoff, uh, to, to, to snag that last spot to, to get into the PJ championship. But it's, it's, it's a pretty special week. I mean, it's, it's the only, uh, the only chance a lot of us have to really get a chance to play in a PJ tour event. Uh, so, you know, you might finish, you might finish 10th or 15th or 20th and, Technically, you didn't win the event, but you're pretty you're pretty happy. You're flying high because you get to go to Kiowa. You know, I've never considered that before, but it's probably the best chance when you think about it. Because if you Monday qualify to get in a PGA Tour event, they take usually two people, right? This this one they're going to take twenty, and twenty out of three hundred and twelve is actually it's not bad odds considering what it takes to get on the PGA Tour, right? Oh my gosh! I mean, relative to you know going to play in a, a Monday qualifier for say the Honda Classic or or, you know, any of the other events that they host, uh, host Monday qualifiers for. I mean, this is, you know, significantly easier, relatively speaking, in terms of your, your percentages and the, the odds that you have of, of being able to get through. Yeah, I never really considered that. And I, I think it's kind of cool. And, and, you know, I like your chances. You know, the, the nice thing, thank you. The, you know, the nice thing about it 
is it's also it's a four day event. You know, a Monday qualifier is just one day, and you know you make a you have one poor hole, and your tournament's over with essentially in the Monday qualifier. Here we've got four days, you know, and it's it's very much a marathon. But you, you know, you can get away with having one oopsie or two oopsies, and and still kind of grind your way through it and still have a chance. So that's I think that's an, another unique piece about it that that makes it. Uh, more exciting well one thing's for sure i hope that you learned a lesson watching the heritage last week because Stuart sink who ended up winning by four his first shot of the tournament went into a penalty area so yes allow yourself to have a short memory and no matter where you have a slip up here or there down there on the wanamaker or the rider um keep grinding away and you know make all of us new jersey pga pros proud now folks if you're wondering who that voice is on the other end of the interview here that's my friend nick bova and he is the director of instruction over at hamilton farm golf club and he's down competing in the national championship for pga professionals and i think about this because your coach and you're a good player. Does your mindset change going into a big championship like this? You do, do you put more of a coaching hat on, or do you put more of a player hat on, or are they even different? So uh, I, I do I do think they are different. Um, you know, for me, uh, the, the practice round days, I kind of use it as a, you know, I kind of look at it as a coach and, and think about how I would, I would talk to my players and and what I would have them do in the practice rounds and, and how to warm up and, and the scheduling of it. And, you know, it, it's, it's pretty easy to get here and, and kind of expend all your energy prior to the event actually happening, you know, and uh, trying to take it easy in the, in the practice rounds and, and really formulate a game plan. Uh, you know, I've kind of gone that route and, and it's been successful for me in the past. And then once, you know, once Sunday hits and, and it's go time, you know, I kind of flip the switch and, and then it turns into, you know, we're competitive mode and we're, you know, we're ex- we're just trying to execute shots and we're trying to see ball flights and, and put the golf ball in, in the right spots and, and we go from there. Now, let's talk about your preparation for a second. And you alluded to this a couple minutes ago. You know, we're coming out of the Northeast. And it's it's not that we had a, har- a really super harsh winter, but we had snow coverage for a long time. And, and the weather can be fickle at best to describe it. So how does someone like you, who knows he has this national championship coming at the end of April, how did you prepare? You know, for my listeners' benefit, how do you prepare in the off season when you might have to do a lot of indoor work? Can you, As a coach and as a good player, can you share with us some of your secrets? So in the wintertime, I've always looked at wintertime and hitting into a simulator or a net as, as a way for me to really uh, improve on, say, technique aspects of the game that I needed to improve on from uh, one year to the next to feel like I can really improve. You know, so that's, that's really what I did. I used, uh, you know, essentially November until beginning of April to uh, make a couple adjustments in uh, my grip. Uh, trying to get the club face a little bit stronger at the top of the backswing so I don't have to work so hard to try to release it down at the bottom uh, to get the club face to square up. Um, and then working on, you know, flexibility and fitness. You know, I, I, I turned 36 last week and uh, spending a lot of time standing on a lesson tee isn't great for my knees and my hips and my back. So doing a lot of, uh, you know, exercising, stretching, flexibility, yoga, those types of things to try to stay loose. And, and keep the body in a, in a place to where I can, I can be ready when, it, when it's go time once I got down here to Florida. That's such a valuable point that a lot of us don't consider 
but like nutrition and fitness can be a way that you prepare for a national championship. And that's not affected by whether or not the course or the outdoor conditions are playable or not. And, you know, I'm glad you touched upon that. Now, as you assess your game plan and you go into coach mode for player Nick Bova, right? What is it that you feel like you have to do well this week when you analyze your game in order to qualify and get in that top 20? So, so for me, it's all about, uh, it's all about making sure that I have, uh, I'm consistent off the tee. You know, my, I'd say the biggest strength in my game is, uh, I can hit it long and I can hit it, I can hit it pretty straight, you know? So, um, I like to shape the ball left to right off the tee box, uh, which, which helps me find more fairways. And then from there, it's, uh, it's being consistent with the putter in the sense, uh, you know, taking care of all the putts kind of six feet and in, you know, you could, you can have a squirrely day. I mean, you know, four days of a golf tournament is a long golf tournament and you're going to have days where you hit it pretty well and days where you don't. So, you know, you're going to rely on the putter and make sure that you're, uh, you're making putts when you need to, to, to keep them around together. Uh, so uh, the vast majority of the time that I'm spending uh, is actually on the greens and chipping and pitching and putting just so I can get used to the, the turf. The turf with the Bermuda grass down here is different than what we're used to playing on up, up in the Northeast. Um, and then the Bermuda greens are obviously different as well. So just getting accustomed to, uh, to putting on those services and chipping and pitching out of the rough and, and those types of things uh, that, are, that are definitely a lot different than what we're used to typically. Now, I mentioned in your intro that you are the 2020 New Jersey PGA Teacher of the Year. So let's let's go into your coaching realm just for a little bit, right? Um, could you share with my listeners a little bit about your teaching style? What what makes going and taking a lesson with Nick Bova unique? You know, I I think that um, I have a I have a very good understanding of cause and effect. You know, and, and I I spent a lot of time with uh, with George Gankus in the past, and one of the very first things he ever told me is is you're not going to be a good coach or, or worth it, worth anything to your player if you can't understand cause and effect, you know? So um, when you come in for a lesson, you're going to warm up. I'm going to kind of grill you with some questions as to what it is that you like, you know, what kind of type of ball flight you like to see, whether sports you play, that type of thing. Um, and I'll watch you hit some balls kind of as we're doing this. And based on what information you give me, I'm going to discern based on, uh, say the golf swing issues that you have, how to best make you the best player you can, uh, can be as fast as possible, you know? So, um, I, I wouldn't say you're not getting like a, you're not getting the tip of the week type of a situation with me. You're going to get, you know, we're going to dive into what the, the big issue is that's causing you the problems. And, and that's where we're going to go to work and that's what we're going to fix, you know? And, and with that, it's going to be all based on, uh, you know, we're going to measure things out. We're going to measure how you pivot. We're going to measure how, uh, how we need your grip to be. We're going to measure, uh, swing plane. We're going to measure where the club needs to be at the top of the backswing. Uh, and all these measurements give me an idea as to what you need to do to be able to swing the golf club, uh, as best you can, as fast as you can. And that's kind of the goal. I love where you went with that because not enough people pay attention to cause and effect. Now, as a teacher myself for many, many years, I understand those relationships, but so many people, when they go out and play golf, you know, if you and I were to go, you know, run over to Mercer Oaks this weekend and sit on the first tee and, and there's 36 holes of public golf out there and, and guys are giving each other's lessons and all they ever do is analyze the effect and they never really consider the cause. 
And, you know, to me, it's kind of a pivot or a paradigm shift in your mind once you learn those relationships, right? So let's go a little bit deeper into that for a second without getting too technical. But at what point did you kind of start to realize that that was the way that you can help people play better golf rather than just trying to coach better effects without really knowing those relationships? Uh, you know, I, I think it's early on in my coaching career, you know, I would, I would help somebody get better. And I, you know, I had an okay understanding of cause and effect and, uh, you know, my players, they'd get better, say from the start of the lesson to the end of the lesson. But, you know, I'd see them on the range a few days later and they'd say, you know, the feel that I had, it it went away. I lost it. I I don't have it. Something's wrong, this or that. And, you know, so I started to look at it and I I, I said, I got to figure out, I got to figure out what is really making this person not do what we need, right? Is it their pivot? Is it their grip? Is it their whatever it may be, you know, and, and, and understanding what is it inside of that, that allows you or allows me as the coach to get them to make a change in the positive as fast as possible. That doesn't feel crazy awkward or crazy weird and that they can sustain beyond our lesson, beyond one week, beyond two weeks, uh, you know, from the time that we were together. For the average listener, say they turn on the LPGA out in L.A. tonight or they, they watch the PGA Tour down in New Orleans. Are there certain things that you could point out that, could, that they could see that kind of help them develop their own cause and effect relationship perspective? You know, I, I, man, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I, I think cause and effect is so much related to kind of what the person does, how they're set up, what their grip looks like. Um, what their pivot looks like, you know, so, um, I would say pay attention to grips. I would, I would pay attention to what the right hand or the trail hand for the right hand, uh, for right-handed golfer is your trail hand. Left hand is the trail hand for the left-handed golfer. So pay attention to kind of how that trail hand sits on the golf club. Um, if the trail hand sits a little bit more on top or weaker, you know, they're going to, if they want to hit a draw, they got to have a more closed stance, uh, the, the, right hand sits more underneath, you know, they're going to be a little bit more neutral or a little bit more open, you know, so, so paying attention to grip, uh, paying attention to how much, you know, what, what body rotation looks like, those types of things are going to have a big effect in, to, in terms of being able to get the club in the right spot at the top of the backswing, uh, shallowing the club on the downswing, which, which I see most people struggle with uh, to hit better golf shots. All right. Well, before we get too deep here and too crazy into this, I'm sure there's plenty of good things that they can pick up from watching the men and women on TV. And there's no doubt there's more we need to pick up with you. But right now I got to jump to my sponsors real quick. So, Nick, hold tight for just a second and uh, we'll be back with New Jersey's coach of the year. Folks, thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment. Hey, golf and sports fans. Monkey Knife Fight lets you play golf contests for money with your favorite players for the whole tournament or single round. Monkey Knife Fight makes it easy to win with no sharks or complicated salary caps. Sign up to play now and get 100% instant deposit match up to 50 bucks, plus a free $5 game just for trying Monkey Knife Fight out. Yep, you heard me right. A free $5 game just for trying Monkey Knife Fight. That's monkeyknifefight.com. Daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. 
It's the Pro Show. I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Nick Bova. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Now watch him play or take a lesson, and you'll know this man has power. In that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one All right. It's time for the back nine of our conversation with Nick. You know, Nick. I threw that song on there today because there's no doubt, I, you know, when I play golf with you, I see tons of power, right? So with all due respect to Kanye, um, I think more of you when I'm hearing that song. And you mentioned it in the opening there or the first part of the uh, the front nine of your interview that, that you got a lot of speed when you hit it, right? Um, do you have a couple speed secrets that you could share with my audience just to start us off here on the back nine? Yes, definitely. Um, so whenever when when I kind of went through a transformation and really gained a lot of speed in the last couple of years um i i I did kind of three things uh first was i I really tried to make sure that I finished my backswing turn right finished a big full backswing turn uh to give you enough body momentum to generate as much speed as possible um second, I tried to really uh say extend the backswing in terms of getting my hands deeper, further away from the golf ball. Um, and then thirdly, I tried to feel like I, I pushed my, I call it jumping out of the gym, right? I try to push my vertical force in the downswing as hard as I could. So uh, pushing with your lead foot out of the ground as hard as you possibly can. Uh, those are three big keys uh, that I use uh, to generate as much speed as I possibly could. You know, that's interesting. I don't think a lot of people really use the ground in golf. And is there a simple way, you know, keep in mind, you know, we're, we're catering to the average listener here, which is the average golfer, without getting too technical. Is there a way that they could go out on the range this weekend and they could practice this concept of kind of using the ground to gain more power? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, so uh, one of the things that I use when I'm trying to get people to uh, – to say increase the ground force or, or vertical force is really the one where we uh, we're generating more speed. And it, it typically, it, it comes from the lead foot, right? So for a right-handed golfer, it's going to be your left foot. And uh, what I want players to do is take a, take the, take the backswing. And as the downswing begins, I want you to feel like your left leg really, really flexes, really bends as much as you can. And then as the downswing starts, you're going to push up out of the ground and what you'll start to feel is you'll start to feel more like pressure in your quad. You're going to feel uh, almost like you're jumping out of the ground with that left foot as hard as you can. And that'll be, uh, that's a great way for you to start to kind of understand that relationship of, of using the ground and kind of, it's almost like the ground pushes back uh, as you're pushing out of it. So it's a, it's a great little, great little tool to use uh, as you're looking to generate some more speed. All right, that was that was a wonderful summary of how someone can go test that this weekend because there certainly is a lot of hidden power in there. And folks, it, we are definitely with a treat today this afternoon. We have New Jersey's coach of the year. He was a three-time All-American at Methodist. So this guy can play. He has played in the Professional National Championship before. His name is Nick Bova. He's a PGA member. And I want to talk a little bit about this whole distance idea cuz as a coach on a daily basis, you are interacting with people that aren't Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy or Bryson DeChambeau, 
right? You want people to have speed and you want people to have, hit the ball further. So, you know, I, I kind of want to, you know, you work up there in Gladstone, which is near Far Hills. And, you know, maybe they hired Mike Wan over at the USGA. And, you know, Mike Wan says, you know what? I won the lottery. I'm out. And now we're going to bring Nick Bova in, right? What are the things that you think are important when you start to talk about this distance argument? Because I know from from our perspective as PGA pros, we want people to hit the ball as far as they can. Do you think there's a healthy balance there? Or I'm just curious because you're you're a very high-level coach, and, and I'd love to get your perspective on this. You know, I think I think what Bryson is doing is is amazing. You know, I, I think um, I think the speed conversation is is continuing to get bigger based on what he's doing. Um, but I also think everybody is kind of limited in terms of how much speed that they can ultimately generate without getting in the gym and doing things, say like what what he does. So. Um, for, for say the average player, you know, if I was working for the USGA and I said, what well, we got to do, I think, you know, limiting the, the length of the driver is, is a no, no, um, limiting the golf ball is a no, no. You know, I, I think we want to, we want to do things that increase somebody's ability for the average player to be able to hit it as far as physically possible. Um, and enjoy the game more, you know, we're in an interesting time right now because, uh, you know, COVID has has been a very challenging time for for a lot of people, but for golf, it's been it's been great. Um, you know, we've got more people that are into the game now, and you know, we want them to hit it farther because it's more enjoyable. You know, it's it's much more fun hitting a a pitching wedge into a green than it is a six iron. You know, so for, for me, with with my players, you know, most people come in and I say, "What do you want to work on?" And ninety percent of them are asking for more speed. You know, so if, if we can, if we can lengthen, if we can keep the drivers long, if we can keep the golf ball as is and, and make it easier for somebody to get the ball out there, I think that's what we need to do. You know, that's very interesting how you present that, because so many times throughout the media, you hear about speed and distance in golf and it has a negative connotation and you just presented it in a very positive light that it's helpful. Right. So it's, it's almost like, are we focusing too much on the speed itself and rather not thinking enough about how much it helps. I mean, you spend 50 hours a week in season teaching, right? Yeah. I mean, look at the way I look at it. Are they going to tell Noah Sidergaard that he can't throw 102 mile an hour fastball in the major leagues? No, you know, he's, he's got, he has a special talent that other people don't have, you know, um, a guy like Bryson DeChambeau can be equally as successful as Jim Furyk. They're, they're both going to be hall of famers, you know, Eric hits it, you know, doesn't hit it. Uh, he's probably, you know, significantly into the lower end in terms of driving distance as Bryson DeChambeau is on the high end. And, you know, Furyk's done okay for himself. He's a Hall of Famer. It's just there's there's more than one way to do it at the, the top level. Um, but I think for, for the average player, we need to make it as easy as we can to hit it as far as possible to make the game more enjoyable and to, to make it more fun. Yeah, last time I checked, Bryson DeChambeau, didn't shoot i think it's what two sub 60 rounds on the pga tour like jim furyk 
right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, 59 and 58. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah in case, he, he has, he's got them both covered in case somebody was like, oh, you know, we didn't, we didn't think you were good enough to shoot 59. Then he goes out and shoots 58. And it's, it's Jim Furyk <laughs> of all people, you know, which also begs the question, you know, when you are working with your players, right, um, does does what you work on when you're developing speed, does that apply to other areas? When you start to talk about like the pivot, which is a fancy word that you and I use for turn, it's just a simple turn, folks, is a pivot, right? Does that does that apply across the board when you start to talk about people pitching the ball or chipping it or their bunker play, all right? Um, why is the turn such, a, is such an integral part of success that you have with your golf game? The ability to turn gives you just, it gives you more range of motion, right? So the more range of motion you have, the, uh, the more speed you're going to be able to generate. Now, when you're talking about, say, chips and pitches and bunker play and those types of things, the pivot is, uh, is lessened. You're not making such a big movement because you're not trying to hit the golf ball so far. You know, I would, I, I typically talk about how, um, Chips and pitches are more more arm swing related, and you're just trying to keep the body moving uh, to allow you to hit that shot as as consistently or as solidly as you need to. Um, but in terms of of what I do, you know, most people come in and they say, you know, I, I I'm, I'm I'm not flexible, I can't move, there's no way I can turn. And I look at them, I just say, you haven't been taught how to do it properly, you know. And and a lot of times it's it's getting people to shift weight in their feet the right way or shift pressures, you know. Maybe somebody is trying to swing, uh, you know, really trying to turn as much as they can and kind of rotate in a circle, but they need to shift more to the right, you know, and, and, and that allows them to create more rotation, you know, so there's, there's tons of ways to do it. Uh, you just got to figure out kind of what works best for you and have a coach that can help you uh, discern what is best for you. Now, it's Friday afternoon. You know I love to have some fun, and I appreciate you being here with us. And, folks, if you're just joining us, that's Nick Bova on the other end of this interview. And he has he's down calling, coming to us live from Port St. Lucie, Florida. He's about to tee off on Sunday in the PGA Professional National Championship. And as a great player, right, so you're a great player in college, three-time All-American. You come out 2011, you play in the National Championship, the same event you're going to start on Sunday in 2013, I love this stat, right? Met PGA, one of the best playing sections in the country, and you won the assistance championship by shooting 62-65, you know, 127 for two <laughs> rounds. I mean, that's some pretty good stuff. Now, you're, you're 15 years removed from college, or let's say 10 years ago when you were 25 and you were playing a ton of golf. The fun part of this is that I want you to go back and I want you to talk to somebody because we have a lot of good players that listen to the pro show. And I want you to give yourself some advice when you were 25, based upon what you know now, as a player, what would you have done differently? I would have asked for more help. You know, I, um, I had a, you know, I had a, I had a swing coach, but I always, you know, I try to do a lot of things on my own. I think it's a little prideful. Um, I know it was for me, but, um, asking for help, um, in terms of what it is that you need, whether it's, uh, golf swing related, chipping, putting, um, you know, if you need somebody to help you with the mental side of the game, if you need help with your fitness, you know, just, just asking for help and, and, uh, finding somebody that knows more about it than you do, um, to be able to help you with that. Well, I appreciate that. That was super transparent. And, you know, you sharing that with us 
is is very helpful because and you know what else would be helpful is that you know we want to follow you this weekend so um Instagram, you know, I know you love to post a lot there. You post a lot of your coaching techniques, but also I'm sure we'll be able to follow how you're doing down at the tournament, um, your website, you know, give us some of your handles so that way the fans of the show can keep an eye on Nick Bova and what he's up to. So uh, the, uh, my Instagram handle is at Nick Bova golf. Um, I'll post uh, kind of stuff throughout the week. Uh, I'll, I'll post a, a link for live scoring if anybody's interested in that. Uh, they're going to have uh, uh, coverage on the golf channel Sunday through uh, Wednesday, I believe three to 6 PM. Uh, they'll have live coverage on the golf channel. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the best way to consume it. Um, but it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. It'll be uh, compelling, hopefully. And, and hopefully you'll see me in the top 20. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of fun and interesting before we let you go, and uh, you continue your prep work for Sunday. There's a tradition that we have here on the Pro Show, and that's what we do—a little rapid-fire Q and A. And we want, you know, the listeners want to learn a little bit more about Nick Bova, maybe his personal side. So, you, you up for a little bit of this, my friend? Definitely. Let's go. If you were, ooh, I love the music. It just it just heightens the moment, Wade. Thank you. All right. If you were a school teacher, what subject would you teach? Math. Man, okay. Describe your golf swing in one word. Violent. <laughs> Violent. All right. <laughs> if you if you could have one non-traditional golf company sponsor, who would it be? You know, on your hat or something, you know. You know, who who would who would be the person that, you know, kind of mirrors your personality that you'd like to partner with? Um, reasons. <laughs> all right any pets uh, i have a, a golden retriever and name coco if you could attend one music concert all time who would it be probably the beatles the beatles if you could add an athlete to mount rushmore who would it be michael jordan this week, it's a big deal at the Zurich Classic. The teams get walk-up songs. Let's say the PGA of America does walk-up songs on Sunday. What would yours be? Oh, my. Um, I, 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 oh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, that's a tough question. It, right. it, it'd probably be something country, Kenny Chesney, something like that. All right, I like that vibe. If you won the PNC come Wednesday, right, and you take home that big crystal trophy, what's the first thing you're going to drink out of it? <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm not a big drinker, so it's probably a, probably a mango limeade seltzer. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, you got to enjoy the moment somehow. All right. One more. When you hear the word coach, who is the first person that comes to mind? Butch Harmon. That's a great choice. But you know what? We've had a great choice here with us today. Nick Bova, 2020 New Jersey PGA Coach of the Year. Can't thank you enough for your time in preparation for such a big event. Folks, he tees off Sunday at 1.19 p.m. He, it, you can see the coverage on the Golf Channel. We mentioned it earlier. Sunday, 3 to 6. Monday, 4 to 7. Tuesday, 4 to 7. Wednesday, 3 to 7. You're going to see the men and women of the PGA of America go out there and play their hearts out for those top 20 spots. And certainly our hearts... And our thoughts will be behind you there, Mr. Bova. Thanks for your time today. 
Keith, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me today. Best of luck. Go make some birdies, my friend, all right? Thank you. Will do. Folks, we are approaching 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We're coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. Players who've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. Get ready for the back nine. As the Pro Show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. Ooh, now we're talking, Wade. We are talking. Let's jam. Come stumble my mirth, beating worker. I'm Jasmine the Family Berserker. You know you can listen anywhere at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit that Listen Now button. Should you miss the show, God forbid, you can always hear the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Stitcher. It's everywhere. You know, you can see me on social media, at KJ Stewart DUF. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, hit them all. You know, I'm loving these live jams lately. How much do you miss this, my friend? I miss it a lot. Yeah. I mean, what I wouldn't give to see Trey and the guys. Well, at least we're live every week, right? We'll be back to this soon. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll, we will be seeing live music uh, within the next few months, I think. And they're they're planning concerts for the year. Well, you know what? They're canceling them, too, but, but they're planning them because that's, that's good. Well, the, the fact that they're planning them um, definitely goes... Step in the right direction. It's definitely a step in the right direction. That's for sure. You know, you, you harshly cut off that music there. I was jamming away. I'm sorry. I you thought, know, I thought you were done. Um, well, I try and read your face. Sometimes it, it's a tough read. <laughs> you know, I've been told that before. You know, there's there's definitely somebody that's listening to this right now that that has said that uh-huh, to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. See, see. Yes, I know. I eh. be sorry that, to kill your buzz. Be, <laughs> that's all right. Be that as it may. Let's go. Ever hit that one perfect iron shot and think, well, that's the one shot that will keep me coming back? Well, why does it have to be one shot? Why can't it be five or 10 or even 50 shots that keep you coming back? That was our inspiration when we designed the all new Sim 2 irons. Its unique capback design will give you more forgiveness and more distance more often. Feel what it's like to play with better irons with the all new Sim 2 irons. Learn more about Sim 2 irons and to find a professional fitter near you, head to tailormadegolf.com. One of the favorite moments of my week is, is that little intro. Aww. I love that. A knockout from Co. from the AP. No one came close this week in the lot championship as Co. torched Capillet Golf Club with the tournament record in the process. A final round 65 Saturday left her at 28 under and seven shots ahead of everybody. Now, Co, who turns 24 next Saturday, she won 14 times in her first 81 starts, Wade, okay, including twice as an amateur back in 2012 and 2013. 
But she's only won once since those first 81 starts three years ago, right? So um, it's been about 1,000 days. I mean, she had 14 wins before she was 20. Wow. Youngest ever to reach number one in the world. Her last eight tourney rounds, get this, her last eight tourney rounds, she had 49 birdies and two eagles between the A&A and when she played in Hawaii. And she had a streak there going. She had one bogey in 100 holes. So in a year of redemption, wow. in a year of redemption, you know, see Jordan Spieth from about a month ago in San Antonio. Congratulations to Lydia and her camp for an awesome comeback. Now, as an update, uh, Lydia opened with a 78 in in L.A. and she has unfortunately missed the cut. So further proof that golf. Oh, why'd you have to update it? Is, is a tough game. Why'd you have to update it? Oh, captain, my captain, you dead poets fans. Ryder Cup captain Steve Stricker came away with his sixth PGA Champions Tour victory this past weekend in Naples at the Chubb Classic. He shot 66, 67, 67. He won by one over Robert Carlson. He's certainly setting a good example for his Ryder Cup players winning here. And and on the regular tour this year, he's made five of eight cuts. He's had three top 20 finishes. Um, The guy's 54 years old. There's no doubt that this captain can play, but let's see how he does come September when it's time to make his captain's picks. Hopefully they're as easy as as the golf has been lately for him. It wasn't that funny. Let's go to this one here. A new meaning. That's better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Get it together. A new meaning to father-son golf. All right. We've we've talked, everyone's talked about this story, but it's kind of cool. Stuart Sink captured the RBC Heritage this past weekend at 47 years old. His second win on the PGA Tour wraparound season. September's win was his first in 11 years. And and what has revitalized his career for Sink? Well, maybe it's his new caddy, his son, Reagan. Together, they have two wins and $3 million in earnings in just this season alone, which, you know, honestly, I think that's pretty good. I remember playing in father-son tourneys with my dad when I was a kid, and I was getting excited over like a $25 gift certificate. (laughs) That's right. So (laughs) That's a great story, though. Golf is a wonderful family game. Oh! This week signed that the pandemic is, is is starting to end. All right. Golf Channel's Rex Hoggard. He reports that the PGA Tour plans to stop on-site COVID-19 testing for players, caddies, officials, volunteers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In July, according to a memo sent to everyone outlining the circuit's adjusted protocols. So if you have not been fully vaccinated, it's going to fall upon you to take a PCR test and prove that you are allowed to be on property. But come July, the tour does not plan to do all of this on-site testing, which I think is just a nice another leadership move by the PGA Tour. So congrats to Jay Monahan and the entire team in Jacksonville. You know, As a fan, I appreciate their willingness to continue to lead us forward. The pro show is getting presidential. What? How about this? Yes. All right. Beth Ann Nichols. Remember Beth Ann, right? Sure. The beat reporter for the LPGA. She's well, great. 20 years out there covering the tour as a golf writer and a member of the Golf Writers Association of America. And given her impressive resume, I mean, she won her first award back in 2011. She's won awards in 2013, 2016, 2019. Um, she's jumped into the organization um, and been a leader, been on their boards and served, at, at, et cetera, in different positions. During the Masters Tournament each week, the GWAA announces their next year's president, and Beth Ann was the first female to be awarded that designation. So congratulations to Beth Ann and the GWAA. Further proof, kids, really work hard and be a good person, and people will take notice and reward you. Drink your milk. Yes. <laughs> Back to the PGA Tour. A little extra incentive. This this story was blowing, blowing up the world this week. All right. So... Uh, Eamon Lynch from the Golf Week and the Golf Channel, right, reported that 
The PGA Tour has a lucrative bonus structure that will reward golf's biggest stars regardless of how they perform on the course. The new system is designated to compensate players who are judged to drive fan and sponsor engagement, you know, like a Tiger Woods or Bryson, etc. It's known as the Player Impact Program, and the concept is seen as a direct response to this other controversy called the Premier Golf League, which was going to try to um, poach great players by paying them a lot of money to play overseas and so on and so forth. And we haven't heard any stories like this, maybe in soccer or anything else. So, you know, it's pretty savvy by the PGA Tour to come out and say, hey, we're going to use this player impact program. And they have some different um, valuations or factors that they're going to measure. And one is the position of the um, season-ending FedEx Cup points list, their popularity in Google, their Nielsen, their Nielsen brand exposure rating, their Q rating, their MVP index, their meltwater mentions. I mean, what do you have our numbers on those? I don't. All right. This is like a retention bonus. I mean, what are these things? All right. So the tour will employ an algorithm to turn the values from each metric into an impact score. And, you know, the, the tour is just saying, hey, you know what? They're, this is their way of incentivizing players to put themselves out there on social media, to engage fans, to do their thing. You know, there has been some negative feedback from some of the maybe the more journeyman pros. They say, well, you know, I, I don't have the following, but you know what? Hey, jump on it. Get on social media. Make some stories. Do some fun things. Hey, guys. Increase your visibility, and you might not have to play that well. You know, I mean, it's, it, and I came across this too in a related story online. Um, this new incentive package is not called the Ricky Fowler program. It's not. You sure? It's not. It's not. <laughs> Poor Ricky. We want him back. But his Q rating, his meltwater is uh, is is pretty high. Is it high? I'm sure it is. Yes. <laughs> Not for the right reasons, though, probably. Trash talk leads to charity. All right. What started with a little trash talk on Twitter has turned into a quarter of a million dollar charity golf match. Yes. Four-time major champion Brooks Kepka will tee it up against Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy, El Presidente, after the two traded some friendly banter back and forth on Thursday evening. So just last night, Kepka will play left-handed. <laughs> All right. He said, I can beat you left handed. Of course, Portnoy, um, being the leader that he is, he accepted the challenge and they're both playing for charity. So Brooks is going to play for his charity foundation while Portnoy will play for the Barstool Fund. And, you know, the time and date were to be determined. But we know that Kepka will have, pardon my take host, Big Cat on his bag as his caddy. Portnoy is going to have Frankie Borelli as his caddy from the Foreplay podcast. Really, really cool story here. You know, it, you know what? I guess the power of golf to do good really knows no bounds because neither of these guys know any bounds, right? No. Um, it's intriguing to me on many levels, and I hope that inspires other people to do good with the game of golf while it's so popular. Uh, one more. Here we go. Real quick. The countdown continues. It's only 91 days to the opening ceremonies to take place for the uh, 32nd Olympiad. And the golf competition took another star hit this week. Adam Scott announced that he would not attend in Australia. The 35th ranked golfer in the world cited scheduling challenges as his reason for pulling out. Um, He also didn't play in the 2016 game, so it just may not be that important to him. But Mm. hopefully this trend doesn't continue. You know, I know it's a busy time of the year for the PGA Tour players, but I think that the Olympics and the global um, reach that golf has right now is important. And uh, so I wish the Olympic Committee the best of luck. I see the games as being a success, as a huge global sign that we're getting close to reaching normal. You know, and I know you would agree with that. You're nodding to me here. So more on this to come from a golf perspective, but for us here at the Pro Show, we're definitely rooting for the Olympic Committee and to get as many golfers there as we can to remind us that golf and everything is slowly approaching um, the world we once knew. And folks, that's your Pro Show update for the week ending April 23rd. 
2021. Real quick, thank you so much to our sponsors you hear throughout the show. That's TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation. A little clip there from Monkey Knife Fight during the break. Man, my, my, my buddy Wade Weezer there. My teammate at the Zurich Classic for sure. Gotta love my listeners, no doubt. And before we go, I'm gonna leave you all with one brief thought about being open-minded. You see, we are so accustomed to perceiving the world in certain ways, it can be tough to consider another perspective. After all, it was the fish who was last to discover water. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.